get into it. There is a lot of mess going on out there, especially these days. No matter what side you might be on, I think it's important that we take a minute and just recognize all of us in some way, shape, or form is going through a huge journey that may be messy. And even if it might seem small to you, maybe if it even is small, it's still something that you're having to go through. And with everything that's going on out there, that's uh, hard, right? Let's just accept it, that it's hard, that maybe it's not... Um, the you know good timing whatever it may be it's just hard right now there's a lot in happening in the world um there <laughs> there's a lot that I, I don't even think maybe we realize you know I think we're told some of the story a portion of the story a part of the story and then we're left to sort of put the pieces together with whatever other information is out there and who really knows right and so we're still we're all dealing with that I feel like in life, you know, I've, I've said this before, we have to be able to laugh with whatever it is we're going through. And sometimes that can be hard. That can be hard to take a step back and try and just laugh through what that might be. But it's important. It, it I know it keeps me sane. It's not because I don't care. It's not because I'm not compassionate and I'm certainly not laughing at anyone else. But sometimes whatever that situation or circumstances may be, it it's just needs to be laughed about. If you have a story, if you have a journey that you're currently on, if you feel like you don't know where to turn, you don't know what's happening, reach out to us, please. I would love to hear your story. I'd love to take the time with you. I don't want you to sit alone in it or with it. I want to know. I want you to know that we are here, and I personally would love to help you and lift you up and just let you know that you're not alone. So send me an email, everythingsmessy at gmail.com. Facebook, Instagram, X, and YouTube, all at Everything's Messy. There are ways to reach out to me. You just have to take the first step to do it. If it's funny, if it's crazy, I am all for hearing those as well. Whatever we can do, I want to be there for you guys. I want to keep building this community, letting you know that you're not alone. Because man, circumstances, situations, Life is just, it's all crazy. It's all messy, all of it. I know for me, some of the things that I had experienced in like last week's episode was my diversity. That was really big for me. And I appreciate so much all of you that listened and took the time to, you know, get in touch with me. And um, I, like I've said before, I'm not a victim, but those were, you know, difficult challenges to get through. And I feel like I have come through them. I've learned a lot. I'm still learning. Uh, but it is, it is, the, the, it is what it is, right? <laughs> I think we say that often. It is what it is. I think I ended the episode last week uh, maybe wanting to start this episode of talking about more adult challenges or into my adulthood with the chronic illnesses and maybe my pregnancy. And I do want to get into that. But I'm going to save that with uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I have some people coming on who can actually speak more to that and make it a really good episode, which is what I'm trying to produce for you both, for all of you. And I think my heart today, when I sat down originally to try and record something about talking about the pregnancies that I went through and about, you know, more chronic illness, it just kind of, it was a downer for me. And I just didn't want to go there. And I'm trying to keep this space as real and genuine as I possibly can, as authentic as I possibly can. And I it just didn't speak to me. 
But as I'm trying to prepare and I'm trying to find the message that I want to speak, I'm always trying to look for little signs or things that are talking to my heart or things that I find interesting. A couple of things that actually kept reappearing were triggers, um, especially that I find in myself, that that I have noticed lately that I'm trying to go through and, and what... Why I'm triggered is not so much an issue because I think I know why, but what am I doing with those triggers and how can I be more helpful to myself? And so I really thought that maybe this was a good episode to talk about triggers and see what might trigger you as well and share that because I really think it's a, it's important. And I also think my, my say, like my focus on it, I just couldn't get focused enough to talk about uh, you know, more chronic illness and things like that. It just, I don't know. I, maybe I'm, uh, I've talked too much about it. I do want to get back into talking about the things I'm doing to combat that. And I feel like maybe somewhere that sort of got lost. I still want to talk about animal-based and the um, supplements that I'm using and the things that are working for me. One of the things I wanted to mention very quickly is someone who is suffering from perimenopause, which I don't know why they say perimenopause, just say menopause, but I guess it's not the total uh, package of menopause. It's a pre-package, so uh, that's where I'm at. But I can tell you that I'm suffering all of the things that you would normally do in menopause, and I feel like it's just going to be longer. I think the doctor told me it could last up to 10 years with perimenopause and then going completely into menopause. I am not ready for that. I feel like, uh, you know, I know that it happens young, but only at 44 years old. I don't, uh, come on. I just, right. I just had a heart attack last year. Give me a moment to just catch up with my body and just breathe for a minute. I will say, however, I do think the heart attack and the medicine that I was on sort of pushed my body into menopause or perimenopause, but whatever, it's here now. I'm having to deal with it and it's not, uh, it's not fun. So there's that. But let, let's go back to triggers for a moment, because this is something that I think speaks to all of us. Everybody has a trigger. Some of you may be very in tune with it and know exactly what it is. And others, you may notice that you get irritable or grouchy or, you know, something and you don't, you can't quite put your foot on it, but you know something happened and that's a trigger, right? So specifically for me, I'm an empath and I think, <laughs> I think empathy or something like that, I feel like sometimes I'm an emotional sponge because I can feel what everyone is feeling around me. Uh, I have had, you know, a lot of different relationships in my life and I feel sometimes they have not filled me up. Sometimes I felt them sucking the life out of me. And I'm so I just am very in tune to that emotion of feeling other people's maybe pain or whatever it may be. So let's go through what I find my triggers to be. One of them I don't like, um, and this is interesting, but I would say loud noise, and I can be loud, and I can yell and do all that, but when I'm in a maybe creative headspace or a headspace where I need to focus or sometimes just not having all, you know, everything around me that I need. And I have, you know, loud noises happening, whether it's a really loud TV or the music in the car is too loud. I find myself getting amped up and worked up and irritable with loud noise that I can't, like I need to get some control and get some peace back into my head. 
So that's one for me. And I think when I when I am conscious of it, one of the things I do for myself is I try and remove myself from the situation to get away from the noise. Maybe this is not something that works for you or that's doable, but I try and be very cognizant of it. And I try and be like, okay, so now that I know I'm irritable, I don't want to snap at anyone. I don't want to ruin anybody's day. I need to get away from that. And so that's one way that I've tried to really pay attention to things that do trigger me. The other thing, and this isn't to say that I can't be pleasant or polite or have, you know, passing conversation, but I have a very hard time with small talk. And not necessarily the people that are doing it. I just have a very hard time with talk that doesn't have any meaning to it. Not that we have to go to the ends of the earth, down the rabbit hole to talk about the very depths of our soul, because sometimes I don't want to talk about feelings, but I don't want to talk about inauthentic things, if that makes sense. And so that that makes me, again, irritable. That makes me, yeah, okay, I don't, I don't have much else to add to this fake conversation. And again, it's not the person's fault. And I can be polite. I can say hi and hello and, you know, even have a few sentence exchanges. But I, it's very hard for me to continue to talk about, you know, maybe the car that parked wrong in the parking lot or the weather that's happening. I'd, I just can't get into those because I just don't do well with inauthentic or fake conversations. I have yet to find how to remove myself or how to deal with that other than smile pleasantly, shake my head, nod, you know, back and forth. Yes, yes, yes. And then I just, I'm like, okay, I got to get, I got to get out of here. I got to get away from it. And so I think that's probably something I need to go back and work on and be very aware of. Um, I don't, I don't know if they, if you have any suggestions on how to handle that, I'd love to hear from you. The other thing that triggers me, especially And again, I don't know if this is triggers specifically for empaths or this is just my triggers, but I will say feeling rushed. When I can wake up at, you know, the right time, you know, take care of myself, do my morning routine, get get a workout in, and then I can start my day. And this could have to do a lot with me being a control freak. This could have to do a lot with me wanting to make sure everything, you know, I have very much OCD, but I know that I have a better day when I can take the time in each space in each compartment to do the things I need to do and then master the day with whatever comes along. If I am feeling rushed, if I wake up late, if I've forgotten an appointment, which lately has happened a lot, my brain, I'm telling you, this brain fog is real. Whether it's from Hashimoto's, whether it's from having the heart attack, I have true and real brain fog, which is also very hard for me. I don't give myself a lot of grace with this because I have always prided myself on being a very organized individual and there was not ever a lot of room left for forgetting things. But lately, (laughs) whether it's old age, again, that terrible, terrible, bad word, perimenopause, whatever it is, I definitely am suffering from true brain fog. Not not with everything, but I can definitely notice it. And I have never experienced anything like that. So again, for me, that's hard. And that's you know, having the grace for myself that I, for that, I have zero understanding for, and I really need to learn some. So definitely that. I will say uh, I don't love crowds. I'm not sure anybody does, but I think when I'm in a very crowded space, I feel unsafe. 
I feel very um, claustrophobic and I don't I don't know really how to react in that situation. I try very hard not to put myself in situations where there is those are crowds. And then I would say the last part of this would be sadness. And again, I don't know if this has to do with being an empath or just it's my own trigger. I don't do well with sadness. I don't want to feel on a deeper level. I don't want to be sad. I don't want to go in that space. And I think for me, some of the things that I've been working on is why. Why don't I want to go there? And I feel like there's some deep thing, seated thing there that I'm just not ready to um, recognize or authenticate. I just, it's very hard for me to be sad. I want to keep it very surface level and have fun. And it's just very hard for, it's not that I don't care. It's not that I don't want to hear. Obviously I, I'm doing this show. I want to hear the journey and, the, and some of it may be sad, but I, for me personally, I don't like to go down the road where I'm going to be sad. I don't like it. It actually really triggers me and I get angry with myself and I don't want to, to do it. So I think those things, right? So we've got uh, loud noise, we've got feeling rushed, we've got the fake conversations or inauthentic, um, you know, conversations with people, uh, the crowds, and then the sadness. And the sadness, like I said, is a big and I, I will do anything to distract myself. I will do anything to uh, just forget, to find something that I can just disappear in so I don't have to deal with it. But I'm that is not, not I'm sure, I am very, very sure that is not how you deal with it. That's not what you do. But I don't know how to deal with it. And I'm trying to learn and search for myself on how to do that now. I say, I'm saying all of these things as what triggers me as an empath or just maybe my triggers alone. I say all this to say some of the things that I have tried, which I mentioned some of them, but a lot of it I'm noticing has to do specifically with my blood sugar. You would be amazed at how much controlling your blood sugar has to do with your psyche, even if you're not a diabetic, even if you don't have any diabetes whatsoever, blood sugar stability no matter what you're doing, is a huge thing in our bodies. And that's something that everyone, I feel, should be mindful. It messes with our brains. It messes with our physique. It messes with our organization. I mean, all kinds of things I could go on and on and on about what it's messing with. So I think the food that I'm eating, I'm starting to notice, and I noticed a little bit probably last year, but I'm getting more and more in tune with it. I would get agitated if I had high blood sugar and I was continuing to eat the wrong kind of food. It's funny, though, when you're in it or when you're eating the food, you're like, oh, you know, what's that expression? Hurts so good. You don't realize you, this is hurting you because it, at least at the time, it was, it tastes good, right? Now, I know learning the things that I've learned, most of that stuff that we're putting in our bodies, especially high carbs, especially high carbs, are totally and unnecessarily bad for us. It's they're terrible for us. But again, I didn't realize the impact nor nor do I think I wanted to recognize it. I wanted to be free to eat the bad things that I wanted to eat and everyone else deal with it because this is what I want to eat. And that 
honestly, the it, the other people were, were looking out for me to tell me not to eat that. But I was really hurting myself. I was really hurting myself and not only how I was going to feel that day with the irritability and just all of that, but the next day when I would try and get my sugar back under control or to be normalized, stabilized, it was almost like I was recovering from being sick or recovering. Like it would just kind of be dredging through the day, extreme fatigue. And it's like, okay, I'm now I know better. Why am I doing this to myself? But I think it's really hard, especially if you're just starting the journey of what food does to you. And it's I feel like it is individual for all of us. But I do think there are similarities in how we can feel, you know, talking about gluten. A lot of people who have uh, celiac or even a gluten insensitivity makes them very, very ill. They, they get very sick. They are not absorbing the nutrients they need to absorb. It's, it's, a, it's a very physical thing they can see. But some of the things that I have read on gluten sensitivity, it has been more emotional. It has been more, maybe they didn't feel like they were going to throw up, but they felt angry or, you know, depressed and they couldn't understand why. And again, this all comes back to the food that we're eating, the food that we're putting in our body and how we're treating ourselves. You know, and there's there's all this information out there, little things like they say, hey, if you want to get out of your funk, go take a walk. Wow. But th- that something so small is actually so incredibly helpful. Getting outside with the sun, number one. The sun is an amazing, amazing healing property that we really need to invest in making sure we're getting enough sun and vitamin D. Moving, the physical activity of just moving. Even if all you can do at that moment is take a walk, small walk, stroll, if you will, you're going to feel just a tiny bit better when you come back. And those are things that I think we either overlook or take for granted, or maybe we just don't want to move. But if you can convince yourself to just get one step in front of the other one foot, and you, you know, walk to your mailbox or walk across the street, or walk two houses down and turn around, whatever you can will yourself to do, you're going to find that the more you start to do that, the more you try and the more you try to recognize when it's happening, if it's the bad food or whatever, and you try to combat that with exercise, it's actually going to change that formula in your brain. It's going to help you and your body's going to start wanting you to move more. And, you know, yes, I think we all have a tendency to be lazy, some of us more than others. But if we can get moving, whatever that takes us to get moving, that's going to bring such help and uh, help you make better, uh, help your body get in tune and make better decisions. So those are just some of the things that I wanted to talk about. I don't always um, have the right words to say. Again, sometimes I feel like I'm tripping over my own words. The brain fog is real. Uh, I have actually read, because uh, I also suffer from Hashimoto's, which is, uh, it has to do with uh, hypothyroid or low thyroid. And that is a real trigger and thing as well. And I'm just starting to scratch the surface on learning about Hashimoto's and how can it how it can affect the psyche and how it can affect um, your physical your physical ability and things like that. And so I'm just getting into that. But I will say without knowing all of that right now, I know myself and I know that, like I said, the certain foods that I'm eating, 
my ability to exercise. If I can get those things right, I can hand, I feel like I can handle more that comes my way during the day than if I had gotten up, ate something really sugary, didn't have a workout, because then I just, I can actually feel that I feel worse. My stomach hurts, or I'm, you know, bloated, or I have a headache now because of the sugar, like, and I'm trying to actually journal and write down how that's making, you know, what foods are doing this, and sort of eliminating or adding what I can, because it's so, it's so real. And there's, it's multi-layered. It's not just a one, you know, fits one size fits all. It's multi-layered. So I, again, if you have more experience with triggers, if you have more experience with triggers in what you're eating, if you have more experience in how exercise is affecting you or the lack thereof, let me know. Because again, I want to talk about it. I want to learn from everybody. I want to make sure that I'm making the right decisions within myself. I don't think it's said enough, especially in the medical community, exactly what healing food and healing exercise can do for you. They just want you to, they just want to treat the symptom that looks like a prescription or whatever it is. They don't seem to want to get to the root cause. And I feel like that is the most important thing that we can be doing for ourselves. There are absolutely reasons for Western medicine, especially emergency medicine. I've talked about this before. Probably wouldn't be here if I wasn't, you know, rushed to the cath lab when I was having a heart attack. And those things are incredible and we're able to do that here. But when it comes to maintenance, when it comes to, again, finding that root cause, there, there's not a lot in the medical community said about take a walk, eat a piece of fruit, things like that. And so I feel like, again, being our own self-advocate, being our own cheerleader, speak up, talking about it, finding the right information. There are many, many wonderful um, functional medicine doctors out there. There are wonderful nutritionists, health coaches, whatever you may need, whatever you want to search. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to try and find what fits for you. I encourage you, even if it, so maybe you can't afford any of that and that's okay. I've been there, can't. Um, or maybe you're too shy and you don't want to go out there and put yourself out there like that. There is a plethora of information on the internet that you can find to just take that first step, to just take that first step to trying to find healing within yourself and the things that you're putting in our body. And I know I've said this before too, food can be healing. It's what food you're putting in your body. I go back to the stint that I, I had when they were giving me all this vegan food, bought into it hook, line, and sinker thought that this was going to be everything that I needed it to be. It ended up hurting me so much more. But again, I have heard success on, on people doing the vegan diet. I think, again, it comes down to what is good for you? What do you feel good doing? But in, explore it. Figure out what it is, vegan, carnivore, animal-based, whatever you might be going through, and apply it and give yourself, I think it's out there, it says that, in order to form a new habit, you have to have 21 days. So I would say give your, and most people are like 30 days. Yeah, that would be optimal. But if 21 sounds like a smaller number, if you give yourself 21 days of eating something better, putting, introducing something new into your diet that, you know, is a more healing food, 
Try it for 21 days and just see if you notice anything different. Is your mood different? Do you feel less bloated? Do you feel you, whatever that is, just see. If after the 21 days didn't do anything for you or you feel worse, get rid of it. And I think that's part of what they talk about when they talk about elimination diets. I'm not sure. I think the, some of the elimination diets are 30 days and you slowly are adding back things that you want to put into your diet. But I would say for me, I had better success when I would just commit to, you know, like when I went carnivore, just committing to that for a certain amount of time. I wanted to do that. Now I have come a little out of carnivore, I will say, and I'm more into what I like to call animal based. I definitely still eat uh, the grass fed organic red meat. I eat the organ meat via either via supplement or through the forces of nature ancestral blend that I have talked about. And I will say that I, I try and limit all, all pretty much anything that has a stock and that is a tuber. Those are not in my diet, but I do um, have zucchini and squash, especially this time of year. Pumpkin squash or acorn squash is very popular. I eat copious amounts of berries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries, any kind of berry that I could possibly get my hands on. I do eat some raw cheese. I, I have talked about drinking the raw milk and I have the honey and I feel like that is really good and I feel good on, on eating those types of things. Now, be super honest, last week I cheated really bad because I had family in town and I ate stuff that I hadn't eaten in a while and I probably shouldn't have been eaten. And again, the the saying hurts so good. I paid for it. I feel like I'm still paying for it. My stomach is all crazy. Uh, but, the, you know, that's what choice that I decided to make. And I think that goes back to what we've talked about before, and that's balance. We have to have balance. We can't deny or you know, take ourselves away from not eating, you know, pleasure things if that's what we want. Now, I have heard a lot of fitness gurus and fitness experts talk about how they committed so much that, you know, going to their, you know, in-laws or family's houses when it was holidays, they brought their own food. And I, I think that's great. I commend them for that. But they've been told how that was disrespectful or things like that. I don't think anything should be told that you're disrespectful if you're doing something to better yourself. So for me, I don't think I I get I don't know if it's maybe I don't have that level of commitment. I'm calling myself out here. I'm not sure that I could bring my own food. I I'm just the kind of person that would be grateful to eat whatever is being served. But maybe I won't eat everything that's there. I'll find what I can make to be suitable, and then you know that's maybe I'll leave some of the things off my plate. But if you find that you need to bring your own stuff, that's okay. That's your level of commitment. And I honestly, I, I admire that because I think that's super important. And you're taking care of yourself. And that's all we can really do, right? So again, for me, having to arrived at the animal-based did not do well last week. Like I said, I'm still pushing through. I still want to obtain, again, for the most part, 80% of what I'm eating is probably the best for me. Should I raise that number? Absolutely. With perimenopause now, I, I feel like I'm eating air and I'm still gaining weight. So that doesn't feel very good. Um, but, uh, you know, it's 
And, you know, this goes back to a personal choice of mine where I refuse to take any HRT or birth control that might even out the hormones. I'm not willing to do that. That's just a personal choice for me. Maybe I'm making my life harder than it has to be, but that's how I feel. So I am trying different things. I am trying new things. The castor oil that I have tried, um, I'm going to do a better review in a, in a couple of episodes, but that's been very interesting. I don't think I've done it enough to actually be able to speak on it. So I want to do it a little bit more, but the reviews that I've read and the things that I have seen about it has, it, I'm the, that's the reason why I went and bought it. So hopefully I will have the same results that they're having with, well, that they say on their reviews. So that is the episode for today. Uh, again, if you have your own triggers or tricks and tips that you know how to get rid of those triggers or to work through, I'd love to hear it. I'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and leave me a review. I'd love to have your reviews on Apple. And if you could follow me on Spotify, if that's where you're listening. I am on YouTube, just audio, but I'm working on video. It's coming. It's coming. I promise. And uh, yeah, or shoot me an email. We'll do just an email exchange everythingsmessy at gmail.com. I really appreciate you listening and I hope you have a great week.